everybody. Welcome back to episode 87 of the Simply One Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends, passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even occasional comic, we've got the show for you. That's right. We got like, it. Hey, no. Like, you came to the right place. Like, it's here. Yeah. Welcome. We, uh, we, we got decided, the juice. Yeah. We, we got the sauce. The sauce. A little bit of dressing. <laughs> no, we decided to go Ice. see... Uh, <laughs> Wrist. And the flexing. A little bit of flexing. A little bit. No, we did. We decided to go and see uh, Killers of the Fire Moon, like we said last week. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a toss-up, because it is a long movie. We did. We saw it uh, last night. And, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it. We did. I do want to say, we could hear Taylor Swift. Yeah. Through the wall. Yeah, we could. It just needs to stop, man. <laughs> like, make it stop. It's like Taylor Swift's like... Can't keep getting away with this. Rise of the Empire, man. It's all the Swifties. And they're like... They're in prime season right now with the (laughs) pumpkin spice latte. Did you just say they're in season? They are in prime season. Like, this is their... I like you talk about them like they're deer. This is their time. (laughs) It's Swifty season. No, this is like... Just go out in our fucking hunter orange. The day of reckoning. (laughs) The the time is upon us. Yeah. I hear the trumpets. (laughs) It's just their, Gabriel's trumpets have sounded. And it's just the sound of their Ugg boots squeaking. <laughs> you better quit picking on my wife right now. Sign. She fits the description. Getting Starbucks, got her fuzzy little Ugg boots, bumping a Swift. Oh, yeah, man. She's she part is a of it. 30 year old white lady. I don't know what you want from me. She She's part of it. Nope. She's part of the system, bro. She's part of <laughs> the system. Don't be part of the system. Like, it's like a system of oppression. Happy birthday to the ground. And I threw it on the <laughs> ground. No, uh, yeah. So in the news, we do have quite a bit. Um, small stories, but a lot of them, I think. It ain't going to be no hour of news. I ain't doing that on Kills of the Flower Moon. Uh-uh. Um, but we're also not going to go like we normally do with movies. Because it's too long of a movie to do that, too. Like, yeah. We're not going to do a full chronological. And then this happened. Mm-mm. We're just going to talk about parts we liked. Rough overview. Things we didn't like, if there's anything like that. And then, uh, you know, move on to cryptid and shit like that. That's right. Um, I do need to change gears before we get into the news. Um, we did have a pretty sudden passing of uh, Matthew Perry, um, most probably most famously known as Chandler on Friends. Um, he was 54 years old, and he passed away. At this moment, we don't really know entirely what happened. Um, it was just said that he, he died Saturday in a hot tub at his land, uh, Los Angeles home. Um, that's according to the law enforcement that responded. Um, the authorities responded around 4 p.m. to his home where he was discovered unresponsive, they said. And the L.A.'s uh, coroner's office has not established the cause of death yet. Um, I did want to mention there was a quote that had kind of been pulled up that I found um, from Matthew Perry because he has a book that he's been promoting. Um, I don't know if the book's out yet or not. Um, but he, in like a 2022 um promotion of his memoir he had said uh that the quote here about how he wanted his legacy to be remembered was i would like to be remembered as somebody who lived well loved well was a seeker and his paramount thing is that he wants to help people that's what i want um and yes he i think it came up because he'd kind of talked about how like he knows he's gonna be remembered for friends you know and he loves that Mm -hmm. but he does hope that it's more than that right you know um because he is somebody who struggled with um addiction really bad for off and on for you know, the last 30 years, basically. Yeah. Um, 
And in the last few years, he's been sober and been working to help other people with the disease uh, and just kind of on their own journey and things like that. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's something that he probably is talking about when he thinks about helping people. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how he wants to be remembered. Uh, we did get a, a kind of group statement from the rest of the cast where they kind of just came together and made a statement. Um, they said... Uh, we are all so utterly devastated by the loss of Matthew. We were more than just castmates. We're a family. There is so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss. Uh, in time, we will say more as and when we're able. For now, our thoughts and our love are with Maddie's family, his friends, and everyone who loved him around the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's that weird thing of like, yeah, I mean, they did a show five nights a week for, you know, years, a decade, I think yeah. it ran. Um and, you know, I mean, they, they did a reunion a couple years back, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. and talked, you know, like old, I mean, they're old friends, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I mean, that's that weird thing of like, especially when it's somebody, you know, like I said, it's sudden, he was 54 years old. That's He's so not young. old, yeah. Um, and, you know, and you just hope that everybody is able to uh, process it and that hopefully, you know, if he was still struggling or anything like that, that he's at peace, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, like I said, he, he did a lot of work with his book and things like that and with uh, other people struggling with substance abuse as well as obviously the, you know, I saw a lot of people with that quote talking about how like they understand the sentiment, but like friends helped them, you know, yeah. For, you know there's a lot of people who are like when they're real low or down, they like to put on, mm-hmm. that's their comfort show, mm-hmm. you know? And so whether he knew it or not, that's something that he always was doing was helping people. So I think it's kind of a nice thing to, to think about. Yeah. Um, and like we always say, it's kind of a hard there's no easy way to veer out of um, you know, talking about the passing of somebody. So we are going to now just move into the news. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an odd, kind of an odd story off top. Uh, fucking the next mission impossible movie. So it was delayed uh-huh. to 2025, uh, probably in part because of the strikes, yeah. uh, but they, they're dropping the, the, the subtitle. So it was, you know, going to be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. Mm-hmm. And it's like a bunch of people immediately were like, wait a minute. So wait a minute. Hold on. They're not going to call it Dead Reckoning Part 2, which means that there's just a movie out there called Dead Reckoning Part 1 with no, <laughs> no part, part two. 2. You know, that'd be like going, I don't know. I, I mean, Captain America Part 1. And then you just, that's it. there's no Part there's 2. No it part just, two. It's just another, that's it. Uh, which is bizarre. Um, I do weird. wonder how they're going to. Like, I wonder why, you know what I mean? Were they, did they go, maybe that's why it didn't perform well at the box office. And it's like, well, no, maybe it's because you released it right in front of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It got gobbled up in that. Because, like, the Vision Impossible movies always perform really well at the box office and are usually, like, above standard mm-hmm. action. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, for them to go, we're going to throw this right in the mix. We're going to toss our hat in the ring. I just I bet you they got cocky because they always do well. Yeah. And then I mean they also like right into the strikes, you know, and so it's just that really bad mix of not able to promote it and the movies that were kind of being self promoted from the meme of Barbenheimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then they both ended up being pri- better movies than Mission Impossible. Agreed. Um, you know, they just it, it fell flat really quick. Um, and so I, I don't know. I wonder if they had, that had something to do with it where they're like, maybe it was the name. People didn't like Dead Reckoning Part 1, so we're going to change this one. But now you've got a Dead Reckoning Part 1 floating around out there. Yeah. Mm. 
But uh, yeah, so like I said, it's going to be pushed back until May 23rd of 2025 uh, instead of June of 2024, which, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's eight months away. Yeah. And and you probably haven't either haven't been filming it or had to stop filming. Yeah, so you, yeah, you ain't got enough time. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Daredevil Born Again got its showrunner. So, you know, we talked about that they were doing Mm -hmm. a complete restart, restructure. Mm -hmm. We're going to find a showrunner and actually do this like a TV show. Um, And they found some directors. So let's see here. Uh, Dario Scartapane, whose recent credits include Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, which does really well on Amazon, uh, as well as Netflix's Marvel show The Punisher. Oh. Um, So he's already got experience in that that realm. Um, he's been tapped to act as the new showrunner for the series, which is like we talked about in in the midst of a uh, creative overhaul. This is from the Hollywood reporter. Uh, additionally, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who are the co-directing team behind, um, several indie genre thrillers. They apparently have directed multiple episodes of Loki season two, and they've been hired to, um, helm the remaining episodes that will constitute the first season of daredevil Mm -hmm. on season uh, on Disney plus. So pretty exciting that they are, Hitting the ground running on. All right, let's find somebody let's do this. Yeah, let's get started. You know, it sounds like they're trying to avoid a major setback. Yeah. And go, how can we rush this but do it right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And and I like the resume so far of the people that yeah. that they've grabbed. Um, I don't want to get too into it, um, but there was a deep dive that IGN did with the director of um, – the creative director of Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2. He kind of had a lot to say and, like, things that he didn't say. You know what I mean? Where those kind of give you a, ooh, why can't he talk about that? You mm-hmm. know? And so, like, one of the Easter eggs in um, Spider-Man 2 is the, you know, because there's a lot of Easter eggs in the first game of being able to find different locations in New York. And, oh, that's the Wakandan Embassy. And that's, you know, um, uh, the Avengers Tower. And there's Nelson and Murdoch, you mm-hmm. know? Well, the Nelson and Murdoch building, uh, the nameplate is there but has no writing on it anymore. And basically, so it's like it's been closed. And so a lot of people were like, why did they like some people were taking it as a lack of detail where like they just didn't put the name on there or something right. like that. And they're you know, so IGN asked, like, why is Nelson and Murdoch gone? You know, is that like, are they closed? Did they does Daredevil not exist in this world? What's the story there? And he was like, I, I can't really talk about that. And so I'm like, oh, fuck, if we get. A Daredevil a, game. Either a Daredevil game or like, you know, they did the story DLCs for Spider-Man 1 with Black Cat. Uh-huh. I'd love a season Spider-Man Daredevil, you know, because uh, there is some, they definitely leave some threads open that I could see either that, you know, leaving their door open for themselves to do something with them. True. Whether it be a DLC or a new game or something like that. It's the fastest selling PlayStation Studios game. They're going to make a sequel. Yeah. Um, whether they want to or not, you know what I mean? Someone's gonna, because, yeah. uh, you know, it just makes money. Um, and, you know, they've got the Wolverine game in the works. Uh, and apparently there is some Easter eggs regarding Wolverine in the game. I didn't find them, but I was reading about them. And so they did and They did confirm that it takes place in the same universe. It is a shared universe mm-hmm. that the Wolverine game and Spider-Man take place in the same yeah. world. So that's exciting, too, because uh, there's some new... Um, Easter eggs in the game that again I didn't find other people did of like hints of maybe the Fantastic Four and things like that and so I like the idea of like eh, let, let Insomniac make like a shared universe of video games for Marvel yeah. I mean yeah like it, for Daredevil like it'd be it'd be pretty cool to play as like a blind person yeah and see how they could see, um, yeah. 
you know, how like, the controls how, for that would work. Yeah. And like, how do they, um, you know, do they, do they do something different or do they just make it a third, you know, similar like, to Spider-Man? It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> what else, man? I forgot what I was. DLCs for like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to tiptoe like, around some story stuff of like things that he talked about. He did talk about that. Some things that come up at the end of the game had always been the plan. Mm-hmm. And then there were some, cause they kind of do they like the ending of this game is not dissimilar to the ending of the first game of like, here's some hints at what the next thing could be. Sure. sure. Um, and some of those aspects were the plan. Like by the time they finished the first game, was they knew that's how they wanted the second game to end. Mm-hmm. And then there was apparently one addition at the end of this game that was like a pretty late addition of, fuck it, let's throw that in there and see see if it gets any heat yeah. or gets any stick or anything like that, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but the, I'm, 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 I'm here for it. I want a third game. I could see them doing it as just a trilogy um, and wrapping it up in three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they would move forward with like, because you know, it's that weird thing of like, you don't want to kill everybody, but you don't want to keep everybody alive either. But you don't want right. to, you know. And because like, if everybody's alive, then everybody's always going to be like, well, you know, Miles is still out there, Peter's still out there. You know, they could, sure, come back, make another game. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I do think it'll be a weird one of like, <laughs> are they just going to be stuck making Spider-Man games as long as they make money? You know, I would hope they'd have the nerve to go, we're done. Yeah, and have the nerve to tell Sony, we're done. Because Sony's, like, they're really banking on Spider-Man. You know, they're like, we're going to make all the villains in the movies. We're going to make fucking video games out the ass. <laughs> Spider-Man's our guy, yeah. you know. Uh, well, like, uh, like with that, they can do it kind of how, uh, almost the ending that they gave Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, right, where he just starts to focus on himself, right, and he has, like, without his powers. Yeah. Make that the underlining focus of the entire game. Sure. And then you still got miles. Same thing. To like fill out. Yeah. You know, you have miles and miles, the same thing. He's working on him. They're both working on each other. And then there's a big problem. Yeah. Right. And then there's the sub thing to fill in. Yeah. When that's not going on. Right. Yeah. Right. And this one at the end, it's just, you know, the bad guys are all locked up and now they're, they're good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they want or whatever. Uh, Cause that is the interesting thing about Spider-Man is like, the villains always get out. He's always got a job. You sure. Know? And it's that weird thing of like, how old can he get before? Well, and that's the thing too, is like, you can, you can leave it as like the good guys are locked up for now. Right. The bad guys. Yeah. yeah or yeah, the, the bad guys are locked up for now yeah. and you can just leave it at that. And yeah. you know, so sure. I mean, eventually they ought, yeah. they're ought to yeah. break they're, out, yeah, but that's the whole shtick. And then at the end they get the rest yeah. like that. Um, did you watch the movie It Follows? Mm-mm. Do you know what it is? Mm-mm. So it's a, an indie horror movie from about eight or nine years ago, probably, um, where it's a pretty simple premise of like a young lady uh, has sex with her boyfriend for the first time. Um, <laughs> sex? Premarital. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Uh, and then disgusting. quickly finds out that like he's given her a curse. A word. Where, like, when you have sex with somebody who's got this curse, it's basically like an STD curse. Uh, This, like, omnipresent, unwavering, unstoppable, just walking shapeshifter 
follows you. And when it gets shit, it's going to kill you. Dude, I'm not even fucking playing. Yeah. I fucking saw that shit last week. It was following me. Oh, fuck. I was taking up the I trash. I thought you meant the movie. <laughs> I was like, I just asked you if you'd seen it. I no. was taking up the trash at work. <laughs> I just looked behind me. Who gave it to you? <laughs> I baked you a pie, Mary. <laughs> how do you how do you have a pie? We don't have an oven. God, God. help me. Yeah. <laughs> but you let it go. Do you see how, you it, see sounds? how it sounds? Yeah. No, uh it is a really good movie and it's it's got some good like ow jump scare, you know. <laughs> where with just because it is that thing of it can look like anybody mm-hmm. and it is just that I won't stop and I just it's the doesn't break pace, it doesn't sprint at you, it just walks after you you know it kind of reminds me of the the like internet meme of like all right if i gave you a million dollars or you know give you infinite money and you can go anywhere in the world could you avoid this worm that's trying to touch you you know like how how would you avoid this worm Mm -hmm. and it's kind of that thing of like them trying to strategize of like okay you're gonna have to have sex with this person and then they can leave and things like that like how do we draw this thing away mm-hmm. you know and like the internet was like we've solved this movie real quick there would be a reddit uh, like a reddit uh, you know a subreddit for it people would be signing up to have sex with each other because they lived on polar opposite ends of the world you know we can fly and meet up here have sex separate and then you know they're constantly just passing the thing around essentially huh. to keep it moving yeah was how the internet said they would solve it well all of that to say uh it's getting a sequel called they follow oh. um that's going to bring the star back. Uh, her name is uh, Micah. I trust I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, Micah Monroe and the director, David Robert Mitchell. Um, isn't really any plot known, but it is set to release in 2025. Uh, the original was a budget of about a million bucks and it made $22 million. Oh, shit. That's so, a very successful movie. Yeah. And so, again, I'm kind of surprised it's made been this long no. since they were like, not the watch. Yeah, you want to make another one of this? Yeah. Morgan and I watched it. I think we watched it on like DVD and we watched it on at home, Mm -hmm. but it was really good. I, I, we enjoyed it. Um, I don't, I haven't paid too much attention, but there's an indie developer called, or indie developer. I don't know where the sound's coming from. It's not on my screen. There I got a lovely that scared the shit out you of me. You and me both, because like there's nothing on my screen that would be making noise and it wasn't Spotify. Uh. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what came over me. Uh no. Um Neon is the name of the producer that uh has been doing like indie horror films and things like that lately. Um and so uh, yeah, apparently they've been doing making some good stuff. Um apparently they're the company behind Parasite. Okay. Which won Best Picture a couple Maybe. years back. Um, and then I didn't see much about it, but the movie Infinity Pool that came out, or I think earlier this year with uh, Alexander Skarsgård, um, like I said, I didn't hear or see much about it, but um, pretty quiet. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah. I just saw that and was like, oh, word. Yeah, cause it's like an almost 10 year old movie. I'm cool to see. Yeah, I'll have to watch the first one. This one kind of, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of maybe a sign of the, the way things are going. The uh, Lionsgate have nabbed a interim agreement with sag Aftra so that they can promote the Hunger Games prequel that's coming out in November. Um, so apparently the ways, the reason this worked was because um, Lionsgate is not a member of the AMPTP, and so they're able to negotiate separately, and they just basically, they came to some sort of an agreement and said, yeah, let's, uh, that's a good, that's a good deal. Let's promote this movie, huh? 
and the oh, and SAG after went, yep, sounds good. And so now you've got oh, some, you know, shit. a potentially it's... a potentially major release being promoted by actors again. It may do really, and then, you know, it's a it's, it's a happening. big franchise, you know, and so they can drum up some, it's you happening. know, uh, yeah. So I think I might it's be the a, beginning of the fall. Yeah, some of the smaller members of AMPTP are going to see this and go, fuck, we got to make a deal, yeah. you know, and that's how it happens. Is you get them to break and up then, and make individual deals. And they're going to start making money too, and they're just going to start. And then they, 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 they the group won. just makes a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was. That's a pretty big movie to get a, a, a you know, the ability to promote again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like a, a small indie film Mm-mm. like some of the A24s have been doing because A24 made a deal immediately. Yeah. Um, that was one of the big things was like if A24 can agree to these terms, but now Disney can agree to this. It. Yeah. Now Lionsgate said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. And so Rachel Ziegler, she'll be promoting the movie here and she did make a post i believe yeah she on uh, instagram said i'm so beyond thankful to lionsgate and sag after for working so hard throughout the strike to come to an agreement allowing us to participate in press and promotion for our film which comes to theaters on november 17th lionsgate's efforts are proof that studios big and small can meet us in a place of fairness for their films and the people who work so hard to make them Making this movie was hands down one of the best experiences of my life thus far. I cannot wait to share more behind-the-scenes content with you all, the fans who make experiences like this 8 million times better. There will be lots of all of my beautiful friends from the cast, as well as appreciation for our crew, which is filled with people I love so deeply. So watch this space. There's more to come. Talk about her her Instagram. Yeah, yeah so she is driving, you know, jumping in. Let's, get, let's start promoting this thing. Good. Get the movie out there and, you know. Yeah, I hope it does well. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like a double thing. It's like she wanted to do well because, like, you know, she worked hard on it, yeah. right? And then also, if this does really well, it it's that canary in the coal mine kind of thing where mm-hmm. the studios look at it and go, "Oh shit, yep, fuck, no." That's because they're past their hundred day mark. All right, see you around. See you around. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that is everything uh, for top end for for the news. <laughs> I crushed that in like 28 minutes, dude. Come on now. You doubted um, me. You doubted me? Come um, on. Uh, you give me a synopsis for this thing? While I pull up the box office. <laughs> Just tell us what the movie was about. Just give us a brief, here's what the movie was about. You don't have to look up a quote. Whoa there. Easy killer. Set in the 1920s Oklahoma, it focuses on a series of murders. What's the voice? Huh? Why are you why are you fucking uh, Benoit Blanc? <laughs> <laughs> it's just Oklahoma in the 20s. That doesn't sound like Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> How would Chris read it? Set in the 1920s, Oklahoma, it focuses on a series of murder murders um, of Osage members in relation in the Osage Nation uh, after oil was being produced in on tribal land. Tribal members had retained their um, mineral rights on the reservation, uh, and whites sought to gain their wealth. Yep. Oh, I'm I'm done. Well, the white man. You better watch your tone over there, young man. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about me, <laughs> I don't like him. a white man. Nah, I mean, you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> huh? I'm, I'm white. I can't. You know. Huh? 
I, I love seeing that TikTok of the cat. And huh? Oh. Huh? <laughs> oh. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Morgan, I've been getting a kick out of the. I don't know if you've been seeing this, but it, I think it's a clip from like a kids' movie or a kids' show with puppets of like this one puppet that's dressed up like a princess, kind of prancing out into the room, and the other puppet is like, "Who's that beautiful girl?" Can she be any sweeter? And like doting on her. Mm-hmm. And it's just all of the memes have been people being like, my boyfriend gassing me up after I've been a bitch all day because I got overstimulated, you know? <laughs> and it's just, who's that beautiful girl? <laughs> <laughs> <And she's> just, <laughs> I'm putting on the kick with the cat. That <laughs> yeah, cat losing its mind. Um, let's see here. The flower moon <clears throat> was given a... 93% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and an 85% from the viewers, the audience members. And then on the good old IMDb, uh, it has... Stop trying to make me sign in IMDb, you son of a bitch. I swear to God, Jeff Bezos. It'll be your ass. Uh, 8.1 out of 10. Wow. Oof, that's not great. I saw 5.6 for Five Nights at Freddy's. Dude, but it's got like a 93 audience. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Got a bunch of fucking Minecraft hoodie wearing kids yeah, rolling up. I'm that Minecraft hoodie wearing kid. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, I wasn't Minecraft hoodie. Not but in high I was... school wearing the creeper hoodie. <laughs> creeper. Smelling like grease. Oh, man. <laughs> With a girlfriend. Should we back in the mine. With a girlfriend that meows at you in the hallway. <laughs> Got a pickaxe swinging from side to side. Anyways, stop that. Uh, it made it's made so far. Uh, let's see here, eighty-four million dollars worldwide, nearly eighty-five uh, on a budget of two hundred million. So, yeah, not making us money back. No, probably not. That is a very large budget to give. And that's just too long of a movie. I think it's such a big deter that yeah, people. It's got a really big it's... and like unfortunately, it's releasing between Taylor Swift and FNAF. Like FNAF made fucking eighty million bucks this weekend. Sorry, like how much? What if? Well, I guess we'll have to go see FNAF before we. If you want to hear the stats of it, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not pulling up the stats uh-uh. of FNAF. Fuck you. Hit my uh, nose on the mic. I saw that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like Taylor Swift's been crushing the box office the past two weekends, and then you're gonna release. What's she been crushing? The box office, and the then what? You, the box office, and then like you're gonna release an almost four hour. Like art film, essentially, you know. I mean, it's like it's a super digestible art film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like it's being promoted as like AMC artisan films. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like you're just not gonna put asses in seats. Mm-mm. Not in the way you need to make two hundred million dollars back. Yeah, that seems fucking goofy to me. Though, I mean, sometimes a studio will do that. They'll take a loss on like a prestige film to go look art you know what i mean it's a scorsese you know um and then it makes you know it fucking makes oscars or makes oscars it wins oscars and shit like that and then you know it's got a claim and things like that and you go they can say from the studio that brought you right the flower moon Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so they will do that and maybe that's what this is but i mean that's a fucking big loss if it's not going to make its money back and you put two two hundred mil and then can't promote the bitch Cause you won't fucking play ball. Swing, bye bye. <laughs> Swing on us. I don't even know who. Uh, I didn't pay attention. Who produced this? 
or who uh, was the um, studio? Um, Let's find out here. I got the the old in and out. Uh, Paramount. It was distributed by Paramount. Hmm. Which means when it goes to streaming, it'll probably go to Paramount Plus. Or no, it's through Apple TV Plus. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't realize we were repping colors for fucking streaming services. Well, we have Apple TV. We've got all of them. Yeah. Just about. We don't have Paramount. Yeah, we do. What? Yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell you what, now, you're boring. But no, um, yeah, I mean, we know how we, how we do this shit around here. We're going to give it some non-spoiler uh, plot thoughts. Mm-hmm. Talk about some characters and chemistry. Yep. Rate the B. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just spoil the fuck out of it, man. So why don't you give me a start here? What are your non-spoiler plot thoughts? The plot's slow. But yeah. it needs to be. Yeah. And that's... that's. I mean, you've got to keep in mind, it is a true story. Yeah. And so it's not... They've got to balance the act of, like, make it compelling, but also be honest. hmm You know? But, yeah, so... It needs to be slow, but there are times where I'm like, damn, like this is just one thing after another. Yeah, there is a point where it feels like the movie's coming to an end, and it is when you consider that it's a three-hour and 40-minute movie. Yeah. But there is still about 60 minutes left. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the falling action. Yeah. And we were like, oh Which we'll God. talk about. We'll yeah. talk about the part where I thought the movie was going to end, and I was just like, oh, my God. But I mean, as far as like for the continuity of the plot, I mean, it was pretty through and through. Everything had its place. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're saying, it's based off a true story, so everything just makes yeah sense. I mean, yeah, uh, the characters, you know, between the two, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Oh, here I'll pull up the IMDb so we just got the full cast for you. Because I don't know the actress's name who plays. Uh, her name's Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone is her name. Um, Ernest Burkhart is his character, Ernest. and she's Molly. Molly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm indifferent. Mm-hmm. Because a part of me is like, oh, that seems really like cute. Yeah, like there's times where their relationship seems... They do very, a good job there. Very genuine. I thought Leonardo DiCaprio did a really, really good job... Um, of like portraying that like he's kind of a simple dude. He's just, you know what I mean. He did a really good job playing a simple dude. Yeah, like of being like he's not really book smart, but he's just yeah, yeah, he's a good mean, hard worker. Yeah, he's a hard worker. He's like he's not even super charming. Mm-mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Where a lot of times they might go, yeah, he's slick, you know, yeah. but he's you know, and he doesn't even he's not slick, uh-uh. you know. He just, but he he's does not like seem, not slick. Yeah, but he does seem well intentioned at times. Yeah, where you're like, oh, he he's a good guy. He means well. Yeah, he pulls that line really well of like he means well because there's times in their relationship where, the, I mean, I genuinely believe the the love between the two of them, mm-hmm. which we'll which, talk about that. Yeah, which will come up. And I thought Lily Gladstone. There's a scene in particular that I was like, holy fuck, she is acting right now. Mm. Like, oh my god. There's a couple scenes where. Yeah. You know, I was like, holy fuck. Shit. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe I was trying to read up, read up on her. I think this is a very early film for her. Yeah. I mean, so it's not, not necessarily early in her career, but she hasn't done 
much in the way of like you know major starring roles or anything like that and no big name project or anything like that to then go to being in a Scorsese film um so yeah I think that's exciting because uh, she definitely I think she'll be one that she's gonna get work off of this movie yeah for sure oh yeah um, yeah, because like I said, there's definitely a, like one scene in particular I was thinking about last night. Was like, well, I mean, Fuck. it's kind of like with Kihi Kwan, Kwan, <laughs> Kihi Kwan, Kihi Kwan, yeah. Um, you know, doing everything everywhere all at once, yeah, and everyone was being, like, getting oh, his, fucking getting his, his name, name back, and face out, back there. out there, yeah. So I mean, and same with Brennan Fraser, yeah. And so you're you're good at acting, and yeah, which he actually has a pop up role in this. He does, which yeah. I did not know, and that threw me off, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he has like a, a quick frame in the trailer. Which, to be fair, I mean, he's only in this movie for, like, maybe a grand total of 12 minutes. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Robert De Niro's character in this. I always forget, like, I, I <laughs> that, mentioned that, this. like, he's a good actor. I always forget how fucking old he is. Cause he he's doesn't, 80 he, years old. He doesn't act 80 years old. No, I mean, and, like, to hear him talk outside of projects, like, when he's just, like, politically, he's very, like... He's pretty woke, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like for an eighty year old man, he's very young mm-hmm. um in the way he behaves and carries himself and yeah. believes. Uh and apparently <laughs> we were joking this morning. He's, he's fucking pushing 80. rope. Yeah. <laughs> he's slinging weed. He's shooting ropes, my man. He's he just, got a fucking baby. He just uh, he's, he's got a newborn, like maybe a, a toddler kid. at this point. I don't remember when he had the kid a couple like last year. And he's fucking eighty years old. Ah damn. That'd be a hundred. Yeah. And see this kid basically graduate. Yeah. Jeez. God damn. All of that to say, he does a very good job in this movie. Yeah. A lot of people in this movie, like, I think I've seen some people kind of talk about this. We're like, without getting into too much spoilery detail, um, a lot of the main characters in this are the bad guys. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, And... I did see some people critique the film for that of like, maybe they shouldn't be the focus of the movie, you know, um, considering that the movie is on, on paper is about what was done to the Osage. Uh-huh. And so I think there is a weird, like it, it, it really toes a line of making the perpetrators, the heroes, you know what I mean? And it, it yeah. has to find a real balance. We're like, I don't know if I should be rooting for this guy to succeed. You know what I mean? I guess my only thing is like to understand it in the perspective of what is it? The second, second person. If I'm saying that right, where it's like, we know context clues that some of the characters in the movie don't. I talk about like situational irony. We're like, we've got insider info. Yeah. But it isn't like there's first person, second person and third person perspective. Maybe I mean, and it's like that's just like a lot. A lot of times, like how movies are. Yeah, and it's like first person is like you're following per- the person directly. You don't like whatever the character hears is what you hear. You hear nothing else outside yeah. of that. And then like second person is you have insight that the other character doesn't. And then third person is you have on both. Right, you know all. Yeah, yeah. And so for that one, it's honestly I would say second person probably because we don't know a whole lot of insight from. Molly. Yeah, from Molly's perspective. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what she thinks or knows. Um, which, I, you know, again, is I think one of the 
thoughts. Like I, I would have liked to have seen more Molly. She does kind of take a back seat for a minute mm-hmm. um, of the movie, um, which is a shame because yeah, Little Gladstone really she she was doing killed. it. She was doing a lot of work. Killed it. Like pay that woman. Her back's hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, now the thing I was trying to read about her, I was trying to find out if she is if she is Osage herself. Mm-hmm. So she was raised on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, give me a little bit more thought, and I'll try and find out. Um, but Robert De Niro's um, character with Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, it definitely does feel like kind of like that. It's his uncle. He's trying to like guide him, and you can kind of tell that he's like kind of taking pity on him. Of like, he's a good kid. You know, got his life in order. Yeah. You know, he's got nothing going for him, so I'm letting him work for me while he figures it out. Um, so no, it doesn't sound like she is Osage, but I know that they did have um, like a, a consultant who was from the Osage tribe there on set, like trying to help them as best as they could of like, this is what it was like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to get that clear just so I knew. Um, but yeah, so he kind of takes him under his wing and lets him work for him. And then yeah. he finds out that old Molly yeah. is single. Yeah. Are we getting into spoilers? It's not a spoiler. No. But you were getting ready to start just rolling into, here's how the plot sure. rolled. Yeah, I was ready to get into it. Let's talk about how do we rate stuff then? Uh, pretty easy, really. <laughs> you just be overwhelmed. Yep. Which means your expectations were surpassed and you thoroughly enjoyed the film. <laughs> I think we need to put an and or your expectations were surpassed or you enjoyed the movie and or you enjoyed the movie. Because yeah. sometimes we we haven't decided what it means actually. Yeah. Sometimes we go, I'm gonna say underwhelmed because it didn't meet my expectations. Yeah. What if you had really high expectations? You know what I mean? And that just turned out to be an okay film. I would think that'd be simply whelmed. You can be simp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can be a simp. You can be a simp. You can be uh, underwhelmed, which means that was a big fat stinker. Yep. Wasn't good. Or it didn't meet your expectations. Uh-uh. Or it could uh, always meet right in the middle and be simply, simply whelmed. Three, two, one. Overwhelmed. Simply whelmed. Yeah. I was simply whelmed. Yeah. It seems like it was gonna be more actiony. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And yeah. <sighs> Did you go into it with your Marvel head? No. Not a Marvel head. I just I figured I guess it just it wouldn't have been like there are just parts where I felt like it was a bit chaotic. Okay. Which I mean it's part of the story because everything right. kind of falls in shambles and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're in spoilers. Yeah, we're in spoilers. Yeah. Um, but then, like, just on certain parts throughout the movie, I just feel like, I mean, I, just, a lot's happening right now. It's like yeah. it's hard to follow. Yeah. There is a lot of, like... Because it's like, this is happening. While mm-hmm. this is happening, that's happening because this is happening. And, well, and there's here. a lot of, like, naming people that you've yeah. only seen once or haven't seen at all. Yeah. And then you're trying to, like, like remember who who's we, that. We never met... Uh, from the couple from the house. We're in spoilers, my man. We the house that blows up? We, yeah, we met them. That's her sister and husband. 
I thought it was uh, one of the sisters that we didn't meet. No, we've met all of our sisters. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Man, um, I think it might have just been you not paying attention. She, I, I was tearing up that pizza. In yeah, there. you were like locked in on food, my man. I didn't eat that day. I know, but but yeah, no, I mean we we met them, and like the the sister who dies first, yes, of disease, yes, that's her husband, and then he moves on to the, one of the other sisters, and they expressly okay. say that. Yeah, I know who we're talking about now. Come on now. Come on, King. Come on, King. Pull it back now, King. Because there's the eldest sister who is murdered. Mm. The, I think then it's... No investigation. Uh, nope. And then I think it's Molly. And then the sister that dies of disease. And then uh, the sister that's blown up. Kaboom. Yep. Yeah, it's, I, you kind of tease it there. Not tease it, but like mention it there. I really liked that open of like Molly just narrating kind of coldly here. Like you see somebody like either footage of somebody or a photo of somebody. And then, you know, being like, you know, this is Elizabeth white, Mm -hmm. you know, 22 years old. And then it just does a hard cut to them dead laying in bed. And then she says, no investigation. No investigation. And just listing off all of these dead Osage mm-hmm. that like how this many people died and there's just not been anybody. No nobody's looked into it. Um, and it's one of those, you know, well, why would there be? You know, it's yep. it's the 20s on an Indian reservation, you know. And um, yeah, because this takes place, what, it starts in 21. Yeah. It takes place over several years, which I didn't think was expressed well enough at first, but then yeah. I caught on. Yeah. Like as they just they kind of like slipped into the conversation of like remember when your sister died two years ago? And I was like, Oh shit. I thought literally the biggest thing for me is watching them have more kids. Yeah. Like they had yeah. one kid and then like a couple scenes later I noticed they had two. Yeah. And then a couple scenes later they had three. Yeah. I was like, Well, okay. some of those kids were the orphans of her sisters. Uh. Yeah. I think the the two oldest were her sister's kid kids that uh which is so fucked up because then the husband like is alive you know what i mean and he just moved on to the other sister yeah and just was like here you go molly take care of your sister's kids for me and like how is that just like okay well i mean it's the 20s yeah that's awful yeah because like that's the thing is this really shows a lot of ugly of like there's the misogyny yeah on top of the racism uh and it just kind of layers it on where you're like, fuck, there's just a lot of mistreatment. And so, like, kind of going back to what we were saying about, like, how, um, what's his name? Which one? Leo. Ed. Ernest. Ernest. Ernest feels like, like, during that scene when he's talking to, uh, Molly's sister's husband, who has moved on to the next yeah. sister, and he's like, I don't like talking to you. Yeah. And he's like, you're gross. Yeah, like, I don't like you. And so, like, to me, like, there's a lot of, like, him being genuine of, like, dude, your wife died last week, yeah. and you're fucking her sister? Yeah. Well, and he even, like, they run into it, and he's like, oh, so you guys are going on now, you know? Yeah. And he's like, well, she really was a good comfort to me, you know, after Millie's passing. And it's like, 
you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. When like, it's well known that a lot of white men are coming to Fairfax just to marry an Osage woman mm-hmm. and get her, get her, her land rights, land. you know, get, get her oil money. Um, cause that's the thing is, you know, that comes up a lot is that the, this is Osage land. And then you find out there's oil there. Mm-hmm. And the Osage made a lot of money with deals with the oil companies of like, that's fine, but you know, you're going to pay us handsomely for, mm-hmm. for this land. Um, you know, for the use of the land, not, they're not giving the land up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, most of the Osage don't have like a, a need to work. No. Like, you know, Molly's family, yeah, uh, they don't work. They, yeah. They don't have, um, though the thing that I want to look up just for the historical context was she was checking in often with, um, an authority of some kind, uh, oh, for yeah. like her allotment, which is sort of like, like social security or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't know if he was a representative from the oil company or the government. Um, I assume it's probably for like the government. Uh, but like she checks in and is like, you know, Molly, I forget what her, um, maiden name is. Let me see if I can find Either way, uh, you know, she's like, I'm Molly, whatever her, her, her maiden name is, um, incompetent. Like, she had to check herself in as incompetent, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? I was looking for yeah. context on that. And so I want to just look up, like, get some historical context for that. Like, what was the allotment? Like I said, was that governmental or was it the oil company? Was that her check from the oil company? Mm-hmm. You know? Because also, it's a it's a reserve. So, like, the federal government really doesn't have any... They have no say there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all tribal law. Or at least it is now. I don't know. And again, that's some of the historical context Martial that I'm missing. Law. That's some of the historical context that I'm missing is like, how was it operated in the 20s? You know what I mean? Has it always been you've got the the tribal police and the, you know, the tribal right. law? Or, or how was that managed? I don't know. Because like the sheriff. Uh, yeah, he was like, eh, it's, it's. yeah. And, and like, you know, pfft. There was a lot of um, corruption of, like, fucking Robert De Niro is a humongous piece of shit in this movie. Yeah. Like, an absolute monster. He's the devil. Yeah. And, like, doing that whole, like, smile on your face while I stab you in the back. Because he's talking about being a friend of the Osage, and, like, he speaks their language. Uh-huh. And has been a friend of the community for years, like, decades, you know. Um and like builds hospitals and building, you know, like new storefronts and things like that, like gives to the community at the same time as he's, he's murdering effectively, you know, he's, he's scheming to murder. Mm-hmm. What was it being like 25 murders? Something like that. They said uh, nearly 30 murders to just try and get money, you know? Um, and it's that thing of like, how can you look these people in the face? And there's that scene where he comes up and he's walking over to uh, Millie. Yeah, Millie. Millie. And she's crying and he like puts both his hands on her shoulders and he, she's, he's just telling her in like a super sweet voice like, I'm so sorry, you know, just make sure you can come to me if you need anything. Yeah, you know, she's like, sick. Yeah. And then she's just crying, but she's looking at him terrified. Yeah. And that made me think like, is she crying because she's sick or is she crying because... I think it was fear of death. You think at that point, I don't know that anybody really suspected him as being a piece of shit. Hmm. Um, I think she was just really scared of, of dying because he kind of makes the comment that Osage women don't live past 50. Mm-mm. 
And that a lot of them die from wasting disease. Oh, yeah, and that pissed me off too. Is he Robert De Niro's character looks at it as like an investment? Yeah, like, like these he aren't uses pe- the yeah, phrase. These aren't. That's people. a good investment. And you're like, what the fuck? Like what? And so that's where some of the weirdness gets in. Is like, I believed uh, that Ernest loved Molly. I do too. But I also believe that he is a humongous monster as well for going along with his uncle's plan. You know what I mean? I think he's just racist. I think which he, one? Ernest. Well, they're both of them. Yeah, but like Ernest in the sense of like he meant well, right? And he loved Molly. Did he mean well? He got into the thing because of money, and because his uncle told him to. Well, she was a she was in fact a customer for him for a long time, right, and yeah. he, he was genuinely hitting off with him, which he even says when he testifies at the end. He's like, no. Yeah, she, you know, he did not push yeah. me to talk to, to her. Right, and so now I'm making me think like I think that's genuine. I think, but he did poison his wife. He did. Like yeah, you no, can't like, get that around change that. that. Yeah, and yeah. like helped murder her siblings. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So like he's a monster. No, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not. And like, I think he is. And like he even mentions a lot that like he's he's greedy. Mm-hmm. Like he says, I love money. He's like, well, I, he almost says, love, I almost love, love money. more than my wife. Yeah, I almost love money more than my wife. As he's killing her to get her money. <laughs> and so, I mean, he does play the the conflicted really well. Of like, at the end, I do think that both things are true. That like, he loves his wife and he loves his kids, but he also would really love to have her money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a really weird situation to put him in of like, if she died, he wouldn't be as beat up as he needed to be Mm-mm. because he'd have her money. Because uh, like I think about the scene when he is in jail and his, his daughter dies from whooping cough yeah. and he has a full on meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the scene talking about a meltdown when he tells Molly that her sister died in the explosion. And she has, like, a very believable, yeah. like, made me sick to my stomach because it feels like you're watching someone grieve heavily. Yeah. Uh, she starts like, screaming. almost hyperventilating, drops to her fucking, like, to a, just her ass. She just mm-hmm. falls down sobbing and screaming. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I got teary-eyed because it's like that sympathetic tear of, like, fuck, I'm watching someone really grieve right now. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I think, I've, I've talked about it before, like, I think about, like, Tony Stark in, not to bring it back to Marvel, but I think about Tony and fucking... Tony Stank. End, Tony Stank, no, in Endgame, where, like, Robert Downey Jr. kind of does a little bit of, like, overacting in the scene when he's like, you know, where were you, man? Mm. You know, and, like, yeah. hands him the thing, and he's like, take that and run. You know, and he's like yelling and he collapses all mm-hmm. big. Yeah, and it's like, he's really going for it, isn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is a shame because, like, he's a good actor, yeah. you know? But so it's really hard to pull off, like, big dramatics. Yeah. Genuinely. And that was genuine. Like, I, I bought her hard. I was like, whoa, this is tough. Yeah. And same with Leo in the jail cell. That was, again, another one where it almost felt like, intrusive to be seeing it where I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't be seeing I shouldn't be here. This is something that he needs to be doing alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, like Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone are probably going to get nominated for Oscars for this. I think they all should. 
Because, like... And they all could win. Because mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, Robert De Niro's a supporting actor, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, I, so, the way they handle violence in this movie, it's really, like... I mean, it's the way that Martin Scorsese handles violence a lot. Have you ever seen... Have you seen any of his movies other than The Wolf of Wall Street? Did he make War Dogs? He did not. What movies have you made? <laughs> the Departed with Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt mm-hmm. Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can pull up his full filmography for you. But uh, I, I kind of had the hunch that you probably hadn't when you said that it wasn't as action as you thought it was going to be. Because he doesn't really do. Like he did, you know, Goodfellas. He did Vegas. Pretty sure he did Vegas. Taxi Driver. Um He's got a lot of producer credits, too. Of, like, movies that he didn't direct. Mm -hmm. I always think that's interesting when you go, oh, wow, he put money into that. Obviously, obviously he did The Irishman a few years back, which was another, like, four-hour movie Yeah, with Robert De Niro. That one got a lot of shit. Like this, he's an executive producer on Uncut Gems. Okay. Um, But, no, I, I I don't think you have. But yeah, anyways. Oh, he did Shutter Island. Have you seen Shutter Island? No? Okay. Mm-mm. You seen The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio? Mm-mm. Yes. No, I'm thinking Catch Me If You Can. Oh, okay. <laughs> you seen Gangs of New York? That's kind of an action-y movie. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think you've seen... Casino. I said Vegas. Casino is the name of the movie. But anyways, uh, Martin Scorsese has a fucking cameo in this movie. At the end. He's the guy that does the end narration of Molly's obituary. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting way to do, like, the in place of the black screens, you know, like, at the end of, based on a true story movies, a lot of times you'll get your wrap-up yeah. in, like, you know, a black screen with white text that says, you know, Ernest, what's their last name? Uh, what the fuck's his last name? Brad Hart? No. Burkhart. Burkhart. Yeah. Ernest Burkhart went to jail for life for this. Right. You know. And in place of that, they did like a 1950s radio show, yeah. which was a real thing. It was true crime stories brought to you by J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a live studio audience yep. radio production yep. of like they've got an orchestra mm-hmm. and they've got a narrator who's reading pages and they've got people acting out like different lines and things yep. like that. And they basically did like the 1950s radio version of a true crime podcast telling the story of the Osage murders. Um, I think that like the uh, colloquially it's known as like the Osage reign of terror, um, which kind of painted in a weird light of like, it almost makes it sound like the Osage were the ones on like a reign of terror. And it wasn't, it was was the flip. They were under a reign of terror. Um, And I thought I really liked that of doing it that that way. Cause it was like, Wow, that's kind of interesting. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, it looks it like that's it, how it works. Yeah, and it kept it kind of in in tone in a way. Yeah, of like it didn't break us out of it at all. Mm-hmm. And like has that really depressing note of like reading Molly's. Like Molly did die young. Mm-hmm. She did die of diabetes. From diabetes. Um, which when I was reading, because I was trying to figure out. Because he talked about a lot of women dying of, they called it wasting disease. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's just what they call diabetes sometimes. Um, and I, I wonder, apparently, I, I found this out again. That's why I kind of like movies like this where it makes you curious about 
either a people or a culture or a time period of like, I don't really know much about that. Yeah, I found out that indigenous peoples are like three times more likely than non-Hispanic whites to have a diagnosis of diabetes. And like, I was trying to read, there isn't like a, you know, because I was trying to find out if it was like a genetic thing mm-hmm. or if it was like some weird sociocultural thing sure. of like, uh, and that is one of the leading theories is like, they even brought it up in this of that it's the white man's food doing yeah. it to them. And I do think there's a thing of like, for so long that culture ate a certain way. Yeah, and they just can't handle this kind of food. And then we show all up with the fucking sugars and grains and cured meats and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, here's bacon and pancakes and syrup and all that. And there it just wasn't their you know, their bodies weren't right. accustomed to that. And so a lot of them got diabetes. Um, and then I wonder I don't know how the science behind diabetes works, but does that make like type one more likely as well where you're just born with it or what? Um I bet you she had probably be. Yeah, because type one's where you're born with it, and type two's where you develop it from mm-hmm. your habits. Um, but I did think it was interesting that, like, we get to see her be one of the few people being treated with insulin at the time. Yeah. Cause, and I was reading about it. Insulin did come about in the 20s, um, where it was originally drawn from hog and cattle pancreas. Oof. Um, apparently, the way they figured out that it was the pancreas was, like, two French scientists, like, students, mm-hmm. cut the pancreas out of a dog. And then the dog developed a, like diabetes symptoms, and they were like, "Well, I'll be a son of a bitch." The pancreas causes diabetes, <laughs> which I mean, that is how we learn a lot. Yeah, is like, well, what part isn't working now? What doesn't the body do? Right. Oh, that's what that part does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like the brain. That's how we figured out the brain was. This person came in from a car accident, and the front of their head was fucked up, and now they are angry all the time and have short-term memory loss. Oh, that part of the brain must manage emotions and short-term memories. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but no, I just thought that was all interesting. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I enjoyed the movie. Um, but I think again, that might've been an expectation thing of, I'm a little bit more familiar with Scorsese movies of like, it's going to be like a crime drama and not like a high octane, shoot 'em up, blow up stuff. But I wasn't expecting it to be a high octane movie. I just, I don't know. There's just some parts that really confused me. Mm-hmm. I just felt like there's, it's a bit chaotic. Yeah. I could see that. Like I said, there was some parts where I'm, I'm going, okay, who, which one is that? Yeah. What they're naming, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I do think it's it's worth a watch. I don't know if it's a movie theater watch. Nah, you're good at watching it at home. Yeah, but but I do worry that like with it being such a long movie, watching it at home, people may drift to their phones and then just not watch the movie. You know what I mean? Because unfortunately, we do have really poor attention span. We do. Uh, just as a people. <laughs> yeah, I have a really bad attention span. You sure do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we were talking about you being an iPad kid at work. Yeah. You just got to put something on your phone. I, while you're eating. I do. It's Gordon Ramsay right now. Well, lately it's been the specials on YouTube. I've been watching them. Yeah. I got put you on, yeah, dude. You did. You put me on that real hard and I, I finished the entire series yeah. in a matter of like, yeah, days. it's only the two seasons, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But they did a, a recap with them after COVID. Oh, really? Over zoom. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I want them to bring it back. I yeah. want to see like, where are they now? Yeah. Can you do me a favor? Can you move your mic to one side or the other? It's catching like a shadow directly on your face from the candle. There you go. Yeah, we're doing the spoopy style with the candle light only. Spoopy. Uh, it's either spooky or romantic. It's whatever you want. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe it's just so damn romantic it's scary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have much more I want to say. Did you want to talk about Brennan Fraser at all? 
I mean, yeah, Brandon Fraser was in there, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, John Lithgow as well is the prosecuting attorney. Yes. And I like when I heard him talking, I was like, is that John Lithgow? And then the camera panned, and I was like, fuck me, it is. For Brendan Fraser, I'm not sure if that was a fat suit or if that was his actual weight. But I think that's his actual size. He got big. I mean, yeah, he he was big at the Oscars. Not that big. Yeah, he was. I mean, it wasn't thin. He was, and he wasn't humongous in this. No, but like, I just, I was like a big jump, like because what the whale came out, because in the the things for the whale, he was like cut. No. He wasn't like ripped, but I mean, he wasn't. Almost kind of makes me think your dad. He's not like big, but he's just yeah. he's a he's a, he's tall, a large guy. He's yeah. a large guy. He's tall and he's broad shoulders. Yeah. But then now. He was kind of big. Why are you dogging on his weight, my man? I'm just, I ain't, man. just an Fuck. observation. You know, maybe he's happy with his body now. As he should be. He's Brendan fucking Frazier, bro. God damn. Off the man's back. I hope he becomes like the whale if it means he's happy. <laughs> I hope he is so fat it becomes an it, like he's unable. If he's happy, then if that's what If he's happy with that, you know. Then that's no. what I would want for him. <laughs> Who am I to determine? I agree. Jesse Plemons was in this movie. Meth Damon. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's been in... Uh, I saw that stat. He's Other than, I think, the year 2019... He has been in an Oscar-nominated movie every year since, like, 2017. He's just... He just rolls up in a movie, has, like, you know, 30 minutes of screen time, and then just fucking says deuces all the time. Yeah, he's not... He wasn't really in that too much. And you know that there's going to be some sinister shit going on whatever he's in. You know? I mean, he plays fucking a sociopath in Breaking Bad. A really well sociopath, too. Yeah. Not like the character, but him playing the character. Yeah, he plays really it well. well. The fuck's a Todd? I was like, what the El Camino was so fucking good. Yeah, it was. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got about the movie, man. Yeah. No, it was good. Uh, give it a watch. Yeah. I'd be cool watching it at home again. I'd, I'd watch it again. Yeah, I would too. I think I would. And like I said, it does make me very curious. Like, I want to... This was apparently an adaptation of a book. That was written about the events. Okay. I wouldn't be opposed to reading the book. No, that'd be cool. Um, I ain't much of a reader (laughs) because of the attention span, (laughs) but... I'm just too damn stupid. I'm willing to try. (laughs) By God, there's a will. I'll give her a poke. Now, I might need to do an audio book because I can do something with my hands. I might have to use my finger. (laughs) Hmm? Tell you read. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Reading. Yeah. What you been thinking about, my man? I think what you meant to say is, "Welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner." I'm oh, your I host. I didn't know we were doing this segment. Uh huh. No, I just thought I thought it went away. No, no. Been fucking dropping the ball the last nine weeks. No, no. <laughs> it's back, and it's here. It's here to fucking stay. Did you finally do your homework, or is that what you were doing here while I was getting read up? <laughs> I was just finishing it up. I found it, and then I found, like, a more... In-depth. Yeah. Let me see. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the ghost of Bellamy Bridge. Ghost. The ghost. And, uh... <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up, man. Where are the cryptids? And, uh... The Mariana, Florida. 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 
The White River Monster. Remember <laughs> that one? That was a good one. My White River Monster. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um. So it says here that. In the 1830s, Elizabeth Jane Crum Bellamy married local politician Dr. Samuel C. Bellamy. Uh, on their wedding night, her dress accidentally caught on fire, which covered the young bridge in a horrible, the young bride in horrible burns. She intentionally, or she <laughs> intentionally, she initially survived, but eventually passed away. <laughs> she over she intentionally, she survived. intentionally survived. She survived on purpose. Um, but then eventually passed away due to the conditions. Uh, Elizabeth was buried along the banks of the Chipola River, uh, and it's said that her love for her husband was so strong uh, that she couldn't rest. The deceased, newly wed, dressed in white, can allegedly be seen wandering the banks from the vantage point of the bridge, um, which was built after she died. Oh. So they built it to be like, that's where you can see it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's how real this is. They is set a like, stage for her. Listen, we're going to go ahead and build this here so you can stand on it and be like, look, there she is. Standing right now and they look at her walking. Um, but it says that she can allegedly be seen wandering the banks from the vantage point. Um, and it has also said that she either appears to be on fire walking through the swamps or diving straight into the river as if um, to douse the flames. Sure. Or somberly walking along the side of the river. And it says if you try to come in contact with you, She'll kill you and just scream oh. bloody murder, right? And just tear you apart. Jesus. Um, and then. <clears throat> yeah, and just more of a description on her is her ghost kind of has, uh, you know, obviously a, a, a white dress that's right. all tattered, yep. uh, an unusual blue and white misty shadow, um, just a, a young woman. And uh, it is the trail is actually located on. White. Hmm? She white? Yeah, she white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's white. <laughs> of course she is. Yeah. It's Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Pure blood. It does say here that the trail is located in 4057 uh, Country Road 162, Mariana, Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, if you're around that area, we got a buddy that moved out there not too long ago. So, if he's listening to this episode, check it out there, man. Let's see some pictures and we can get you, you know, maybe. Show us your face. Show us your face, brother. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Y'all want to see my face? Y'all want to see my face? Um, <laughs> let me see here when I refresh the page by accident. Jesus. <laughs> this show is an absolute goat fuck. <laughs> okay, so as far as uh, Samuel, Dr. Samuel, after his wife died, um, promising to love him forever and always in their vows he never recovered from her death and spent the next 15 years in mourning before taking his own life the day after christmas samuel's final wish was to be buried beside elizabeth but according to the beliefs of the time uh he could not but during um the beliefs at the time he couldn't be buried out there uh because he had taken his own life and so they said no like, we won't put you out there because of, I guess, religious right. purposes. Right, yeah, you sinned. Um, 
So they put him in a, a grave buried in Chattahoochee. What'd you call me? C-H-A-T-T-A-H-O-O-C-H-E-E. Yeah, that's Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. Why'd you put a southern accent on it? Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee, Florida. Uh, in a grave that has been lost in time. I like that our Floridians have trucker hats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can hear the hat on them. Yeah. Yeah. It just says, like, beer. <laughs> um, but then legend also has it, it that... used to say Bud Light, but not no more. Not no more. Mm-hmm. We switched it to Miller. Miller. Okay. <laughs> Modelo. <laughs> Dose. A keys. <laughs> Our guy like me one of those dose X's, you know? <laughs> dose X's. <laughs> but apparently Dr. Samuel's spirit can also be found roaming the bridge, hoping to find his wife. Yeah. But, I don't know, that was a little spooky, man. Like, you know, yeah. just, uh... I guess if you're a little pissed, baby. I mean, hey, man, <laughs> call me a baby covered in piss, bro, because if I saw that shit on the bridge, I don't know about you, be, I'd be pissing my pants. I'd be soiled. <laughs> my pants would be... Wet. Ruined. Weathered. <laughs> Weathered. I do declare. I do declare. This is my Oklahoma accent. <laughs> I do declare. And molasses fall out the mouth. <laughs> oh, fuck. But, yeah. So, what, what about you, though? What you been thinking about? Think about civilization. No. Oh, I did beat Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. We can't talk about it. No, I know, because he still fucking bought it. You've got like a week, and I'm just telling you about it. All right. I just fucking pull up videos, start showing this <laughs> shit. Come here, I want to show you this, and it's just a very, like, in the middle of a very intense spoiler. And you're like, oh my fucking god, man, what are you doing? What? Why would you do that? I mean, hey, it ain't my fault. Uh, no, so I did. I beat Spider Man. Enjoyed that. I've been playing a lot of Civ. Yeah. Like when I ain't. At work, I'm playing some Civ, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a chokehold on me. <laughs> I've got it on my iPad. No, I'd, I need to find out if fucking Civ has like cross save. Like, can I cloud save on the computer and then fucking pick it up on my iPad? You were telling me that it could do that for, oh, for Apex. Well, that's my. Uh, for PC and console. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's coming in the new season. That's cross progression of like having mm-hmm. yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder, because what if I got a save going on there and I want to try something different on the the iPad controls? Kind of below dick, yeah. but yeah. in a pinch, you know. Yeah, right, moment. Train. Yeah. <laughs> the locomotive. Thinking about the ticket ticket. That scares me still sometimes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly forget I miss about the it. old cryptid. Straight from the gold cryptid. <laughs> fuck you talking about? I miss the old cryptid corner. Yeah, I do too. You need to bring us a cryptid. Mm. Not, a, not no ghosts. I, I want a cryptid. What? Or we're going to rebrand it Chris's Creepy Corner. Whoa. What? All right, man. I want the old... What was the one that was... So ugly it cries. Toad. It was the. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Either way, the Yogak or something like that. The was it with a B? Bogat. 
Something like that. Uh, is that Bogart? No. No. Humphrey Bogart, the actor? <laughs> no, either way. Yeah. Imagine naming your son, like, like actually, like, let's take a second. Imagine having a son named Hubert. I mean, people used to do it. Imagine getting cheated on. With a Hubert? By somebody named Hubert. Margaret. Hey, man. I mean, I always think about that. Like, What happened to you and Amy, bro? We name, like, Hubert. we avoid naming kids the names of, like, old people because it's an old person's name. Mm-hmm. But when that person was named, it wasn't an old person's name. I mean, eventually it'll probably... It'll circle around. I mean, cycle. you're going to have grandfathers named, like, Colt. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, where people throw out fucking... This is Kylie, you know? And you're like... Stop fucking coming up with names, people. Catherine. Nah, that's not that's no, a pretty that's standard not, name. No. But either way, yeah, there's gonna be people with like, isn't that a creative name? Braxton. That are set. Yeah, the, Grandpa mm. Braxton. Brylin. Yeah, Brylin. Yeah, things like that. And they're gonna be a grandfather and a grandmother one day, and then people are gonna be like, "I'll tell you what, I'm not naming my kid Brylin," because that's a I feel so name. bad for kids named like Braxton Brylin. Because they're kind of a meme. Like, it's just like, what kind of fucking name is that? I've never heard that. What if somebody's really proud of the name Braxton and you're just nagging him right now? What? You think I ain't got dogged on for my name? Chris? Yeah. I used to get bullied the shit for my name, bro. I don't care. Get over it. You got bullied for the name Chris? Mm Mm-hmm. For what reason? Like, what was the... Are you a Christian, Christian? It must have been real tough for you. <laughs> yeah, it fucking was. It's a name. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I mean, someone saying that versus me going, yeah, your name sucks. <laughs> and what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Get over yourself. Don't listen to me. Doesn't matter. Well, listen to me, obviously. But... Yeah, right, yeah. It's real good advice. Don't listen to me on this podcast I do weekly. I never said on this podcast. <laughs> Just if you if your catch me Brylin out. or Braxton, catch me on fucking side, dude. <laughs> You're going to catch these fucking hands in your mouth. If you don't chew big red gum, then, then fuck, fuck you. you. Nah, that's uh, I think that's all I got for that's you. That's all I got. What are we yeah. talking about? What are we talking about FNAF next week? Since you were just barking for a second. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, are you barking like a seal right now? What is that about? <laughs> Get your bucket, Gerald. <laughs> uh, now, do you guys enjoy this episode? Uh, obviously, we want to thank you and make sure that you leave a like, review, all that good stuff. Uh, like, favorite, subscribe, follow on your sh- me- uh, audio, I almost said media, yeah, I audio th- stream. I thought you were about to see your shmeet. On your shmeet. Follow us follow with your shmeet. Follow us with your On your audio streaming service of choice. Uh, that way you can get notified when we post new episodes every Wednesday. That's right. Uh, obviously, you know, where to find us at this point. If this is your first episode. Just follow your fucking heart, dude. If this is your first episode, I apologize, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. That's very good. <laughs> This is some of our best work. We should put in some of the bloopers that we had. I don't think we can. <laughs> There's international laws. Legally. We... <laughs> yeah, like I don't. Based on the legality. Yeah. I we'll, have to, we we'll have to consult legal and see. <laughs> it's just Google. <laughs> Who's our legal After department? After we talk to our lawyers. Who's our legal department? It's my dad. <laughs> I go, Dad, is that, a le- is that legal? And he's like, I think so. I don't think so. Uh, Or he just goes, yeah, probably. (laughs) Dad thinks it's good. Good enough. Post it. Yeah. (laughs) Your dad. Yeah. My father goes, yeah, it should be legal. (laughs) 
I trust him. All right, let's run it. Post that. Now, uh, if you saw Killers of the Flower Moon, Most and you had thoughts, let us know. Uh, how would they do that, Chris? You can always let us know. You can check out any of our socials at uh, the Simply Won't Podcast for our Facebook, Instagram, um, and our YouTube, too. Mm-hmm. You can always mm-hmm. take a look at our Twitter. Our Twitter handle is whelmed underscore simply, or you can always send us an email at simplywhelmmailbag at gmail.com. That's right. Do that shit. Do it. Let's see. Next week, FNAF. FNAF. I like the Freddy. This way wanna be. <laughs> Dude, did I ever tell you? Get a load of this shit. I'll get a load of it. The song Five Nights, that song by the Living Tombstone. Okay. I remember when that came out, I was in seventh grade. Okay. I had emailed the Living Tombstone via their business email <laughs> on YouTube <laughs> to tell them how much of I enjoyed the song. Yeah. And how, how deeply it impacted you. It, it touched me. And they replied. Oh, yeah? What they, they say? They just said, thank you for listening and supporting the music. And... uh we hope that, you know, they're like, we hope you continue to listen to our music they and just know that we love you at the bottom of our heart. Just like you should yeah. say you're they a said, fan. what's your address? They said, what's your IP? You trying to meet up? Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? Um, I'm in the seventh grade. I'm, I'm, I'm 12. Shit. <laughs> trying to meet up? What are you doing? Shit. You up? <laughs> We're going to have to cut that. That's we are. Yeah. Like, we really Let's are. Let's ask dad, is that legal? Should be all right. Yeah, probably. Legal, yes. Morally correct? No. no. <laughs> Sunny D1? Halapin? Oh. Oh, that's where I like to live, right in that sweet spot. Is it legal? Yeah. Is it morally reprehensible? <laughs> yeah. But that's all I had. Yep. FNAF. Watch that shit. Yeah, well, don't. We're going to be on it. We'll let you know. We'll go see Don't it. listen to it and just listen to us and yeah. we'll tell you if you don't should go watch, watch the movie. Not. And then we'll just tell you about it. Yeah. We'll give you a blow by blow. Yeah. And then uh, you won't even have to watch it. Because we'll have basically give you the we're movie hit a in point, your ears. We're going to hit a point in this podcast where you're not, you're just not going to have to listen to movies. Or, or you're not going to have movies. to watch movies, listen to the news, listen to music. You're going to get all, all you'll here. have to do. We're going to post four hour episodes daily. It's going to be live 24-7. Yeah. You are just going to live in the day I'm going to get a colostomy Chris. bag. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so that way I don't even have to worry about it anymore. We just pay a nurse to come in and change our colostomy bag. You can bags. have a fart mic, but it's just, just them changing your colostomy bag. I've just got a mic down by my midsection that you can just hear it pumping shit out like a fucking factory. Because I'm just stuffing food in the top and it's going in the bag in about 45 to 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's an expressway right there. That's impressive. What the fuck are we talking about, man? I don't know. See you guys next week. Yeah. Bye.